Hey there, Bucks fans. May 28th, less than two months from training camp. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. This is the Monday Morning Joe podcast. And if you're wondering what this is doing here, well, we had the revival edition last week, meaning back from hiatus. And you can go listen to that on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, right at Joe Bucks Fan. It's also on some other platforms. But today we're back. Yesterday ah, was a holiday. Today is sort of the Monday of the week, so here we go. It's Tuesday, and OTAs are back in session, and this one we get to watch. The media gets to watch. This is fantastic. Um, you know, the Bucks don't let us into all of them, which they could if they wanted to, but for some reason they don't. So, okay, I don't really understand that for a team that's trying to promote and to market and wants the happenings of the Bucks on the mouth and lips and ears of uh, all the fans out there, but... You know, there are reasons for this, I guess, and and that's the story. But going out there today on a positive note, I am eager to see uh, Ronald Jones. Now, there is no, uh, you know, pads. It's just underwear football. And many, many coaches I've talked to in the past have said you can't evaluate a running back in any way until underwear football is over. And the pads come on. You can see guys break tackles and all that other stuff. When And they're playing against defenses that are going 100% and reading blocks that are real instead of just sort of the phony blocks of the alleged no-contact spring football. You know, But Bruce Arians sang the praises of Ronald Jones last week. I followed up, pushed him to ask him what he can see, and he talked about the vision and the cuts. And uh, you know what? Ronald Jones being decent this year is not going to change the Buccaneers uh, fortunes in my opinion now if he's really good if he can have explosive plays that's a whole nother story but if Rojo just sort of you know raises his game to almost average that's not going to help anyone but he is an x-factor for the short term and the long term and that's one reason that I'm big on listening to uh, watching rather what he does because if Peyton Barber is forced to carry a huge load this year on what is a pretty good offense. And let's say Barber gets 260 carries for uh, 1,065 yards and he catches 35 balls and has eight touchdowns combined. Well, he's a free agent and the Bucks are going to be in that zone of we're forced to pay him probably more than he's worth. And that's not what the good teams do. They don't get themselves into those situations. Look what the Bucks did with Brent Grimes last year. He was the best they had. He had them over a barrel coming back and, you know, damn his attitude. Screw it. They gave him eight million or whatever, and it wasn't enough money. And they were forced into it as him being their best cornerback returning with no real viable options. And and there they were. So I'm not down on Peyton Barber, but is the guy ever going to be a, a top 15 running back in this league? I'm not sure about that. And we would love to see Ronald Jones be threatening because then it gives you more options going into next year. So I hope the kid gets off the, uh, the, the mess that was uh, ailing him last year. He's 21 years old still. And I've heard some good things about how they're coaching him. I had a source tell me that uh, they're focused just more on him running the ball and raw basics of just running the ball and drilling that through to him to sort of get him back to a comfort zone of being himself, which is a quick explosive runner. And maybe it's working, maybe it's not. I don't know. It's May 28th, but we just don't know. 
Now, before we hit on plenty of stuff through the podcast, I got to tell you, my friends at Bill Curry Ford, Bill Curry Ford, they're real friends. General Manager Sean Sullivan, he's a friend of mine. And right now they are doubling military and first responder rebates through the end of May. So that's just what it says. The rebates that are available, they're getting doubled for military and first responders. BillCurryFord.com is the website, Bill Curry Ford. But of course, most of you are not military and first responders. So you can enjoy, and just like they can, the nationwide lifetime warranty on all new vehicles purchased at Bill Curry Ford and just about every used vehicle. Nationwide lifetime warranty. They call it Powertrain Plus. A lot of great benefits there. And there's uh, just a wonderful shopping experience at Bill Curry Ford. I don't know how else to say it. I actually went to their collision center last week, had a little uh, issue I wanted to take care of. And what a great experience. Just the job was done right. I mean, I don't even know if I got the best deal in America, but it certainly seemed good. And, you know, because I've had work like that done before, but the, the work's the workmanship, excuse me, I'm not editing this podcast. The workmanship was fantastic. So BillCurryFord.com, start shopping today. Now, I did not talk to you here on the podcast since it was official that Ndamukong Sue was coming here to the Bucks, And not even just official, but the story broke after uh, last uh, I talked to you, maybe hours after I published the podcast. So let me say this about Sue. He is the ultimate no-risk-it-no-biscuit kind of signing from this regime, which I believe is being run by Bruce Arians. Now, sure, he comes cheaper than McCoy. They got him for less money than McCoy. But at his best, Sue is a better player than McCoy. You know, he, he took a lot of knocks from various sources, and I've dug into old L.A. interviews and reports and yeah, he was dinged for taking plays off last year. And you know what? When you take plays off next to a guy that's grinding and a team playing at a very high level, it shows up a little bit more, right? So he was playing next to Aaron Donald. When you're taking a playoff next to a guy who has taken his own plays off, it looks a little different. But Sue had that knock against him. And I didn't hear him lashing out saying it was bogus or anybody really coming to his defense. And the consensus is he flipped a switch in the playoffs and was dominant. And that was his year. But if you look at the totality of his season, he had numbers. I think it was the 12th most solo tackles. Gerald McCoy was down at like 130th most solo tackles. And that's not everything, but it does show a lot of raw ability is still there. And, of course, Sue has been incredibly durable. And uh, you don't know what he's going to get, though. The Bucks do not know what they're going to get, no matter what they say. I don't care that Sue respects Bruce Arians and he's talked to Todd Bowles. You just don't know what's coming here if we got another guy who's going to show up in Tampa at 32 years old and mail it in. But it's a high-reward situation. He is a dominant player when he wants to be. He's more versatile than McCoy. He's stronger than McCoy, and he just plays better when he's at his best. And he brings a different attitude that I think we need, or at least need to try. So it's a good move. It's a good move. I don't like it long term. I mean, what can you expect here long term? If Sue blows up, you're going to have to pay him a fortune for him to stay, and you, you go back to being stuck 
because the talent pool is not as deep as you want it to be. But that's where we are as a franchise, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy watching Sue play. I'm going to enjoy getting mad at him if he takes a playoff and it's obvious or he's just not given what he should be giving. And I'm going to cheer all the other stuff, and uh, hopefully he gets a little nasty and ornery here in the Florida heat. Hopefully Arians convinces him to let it all hang out early. And uh, don't worry about maybe he'll give, promise him a game off later in the season. I don't know. Whatever it is, hopefully it works. I, I know Mike Florio at ProFootballTalk.com, he sort of went a little bit nuts saying that the Bucks screwed up because they didn't bring in Sue for an interview or a physical and it was all over the phone and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, was there any doubt that he would pass a physical? Does it make a big difference to put him in person? I'm not sure, but I would have felt more comfortable if the Bucks did bring him in. What do you have to lose? I mean, look, whatever happened to J.R. Sweezy years ago, that big mystery about his back, would have been nice to have the doctors poke a guy like Sue who's played so many games. It's almost 150 games. Might have been nice, but it didn't happen, and that's that. So I'm looking forward to it. I think every Bucks fan should be looking forward to it. Am I leery? Sure, but am I leery about just about everything the Buccaneers do because of their track record? Yeah, they earned it, just like they earned your skepticism. You can be optimistic and skeptical at the same time. I think some people mix that up, but... Um, yeah, that's, that's where I sit or stand with it. Actually, I'm sitting right now, so I guess that's where I sit with it. As for McCoy, McCoy, now Peter King, who I'm not really sure I trust anymore. It's been about five years ago. I think Peter King went off the deep end with, uh, his, uh, bloviating and his self-importance and, uh, some of the stuff that he puts out there. I'm not sure how well rooted it is in, uh, I'm not, I'm not thinking he's making things up, but I'm not sure how deeply he thinks about who told him what they told him and that's part of the key of the of the media business is you hear a lot of things people tell you all kinds of stuff but and we hear at joe bucks fan all kinds of things but it doesn't mean it's legitimate i mean i've i've even told general managers on this team i don't believe what you're telling me you know it's nothing personal but don't ask me to buy it it just doesn't make sense uh same thing for agents and stuff like that so you have to be able to sift through it. I don't know where Peter King's getting his information anymore, but he was very clear in his Monday column that Gerald McCoy wanted out. And that was a very strong, and he reiterated it in that column. So it was kind of strong to me because you don't think of a guy who many feel is destined for the ring of honor wanting out. And McCoy even you know, said, hey, I'm going to come back, retire as a buck, I'm not sure what that really means, but does an icon of a franchise-loving guy who, you know, views himself as a lifelong Buccaneer, does he really want out? That's that. That's a weird mix. You know, Warren Sapp and John Lynch, they didn't want out. I remember Hardy Nickerson told, I think it was Gary Shelton when he worked for the Times, that it, he was just so upset when he left the Bucks, just uh, devastated. And, you know, I know there have been other icons and uh, Derek Brooks didn't want to leave. That was a different story. He didn't land with another team. But, you know, even guys like Akib Tlaib, they they didn't want to leave. I mean, he got traded. He understood it because he and he later told uh, Lee Kemper of Joe Bucks fan that, hey, you know, I let kind of let the Glazers down. And I realized that I just didn't really do all the things I was supposed to do. 
and he wasn't happy about leaving. Loved it back here. Donald Penn was mad, downright ornery when he got the boot and went to the Raiders. Michael Bennett didn't want to leave. Gerald McCoy, though, we're told that Peter King says he wanted out. It's just interesting to think about. Did McCoy want out after he found out that Bruce Arians didn't want him anymore? Or that the Bucks said, hey, if you don't take $8 million, uh, we got to let you go? You know, m- maybe. It's much easier to want out when you know the people who are your bosses don't want you there anymore or don't appreciate you anymore. So I don't know. But it's, it's, just, it's a weird look to hear that Gerald McCoy wanted out. And that's what Peter King uh, was flapping yesterday. And I don't know, just something to think about this time of year. Another thing I wanted to mention is um, something I wrote that a lot of fans thought was just out of line and way off base and being a hater and, you know, reading between the lines. I got to address it because some people overthink this stuff to the extreme. One thing we do at Joe Buck's fan is we don't really don't censor anything. And sure, we censor language and we censor commenters that take malicious shots at us because it's too much of a time waster to babysit the stuff. The uh, 2% of stuff that gets through that uh, that is negative and uh, just wrong and attacks us. So we'd rather just knock all of it out and have to filter it or just let it go. But anyway, I'm not going to digress to the tiny commenter population and the super tiny angry commenter population. But Dirk Cutter was being interviewed in Atlanta. And he was asked very simply by a journalist there in the scrum, in what areas is Matt better, Matt Ryan better from the last time you coached him until now? Now, keep in mind, Cutter has been watching some film of Ryan, but he also has just been watching him in practice right? Because they haven't played any games yet. So in what areas is Matt better from the last time you coached him until now? And Cutter says, oh, good question. You know, he doesn't say good question. Cutter says, you know, I think the thing that maybe I took for granted when I was away was his accuracy. Now, the only other quarterback Cutter's been working with since he left Matt Ryan is Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those are the only guys who threw significant passes for him. So it stands to logically think that Cutter, you know, after working with Jameis for four years, goes back to Matt Ryan and said, man, I forgot how accurate this guy is. And what finishes the sentence is compared to the what I've been used to watching. And I just thought it was noteworthy. It doesn't mean it's a slap at Jameis to not be as accurate as Matt Ryan. But you know what? It kind of comes across that way when you're comparing what we have in the division. And so a lot of people seemed in the comments anyway, uh, seemed to take issue with that. I don't, I thought it was interesting. I'm not going to not share, I'm not going to pass on sharing what we think is, is interesting to know. Just like if he said something uh, related to how Ryan overcomes his accuracy. And if he said, uh, you know, I worked with a lot of uh, accurate quarterbacks in Tampa and uh, I see in certain, certain situations, uh, whatever it was, we, I would write about it. If he's, making anything that sounds like a comparison uh, because it seemed relevant. So that's that. And uh, for all of you who didn't like it, well, you know what, you know what you can do now. I I'm kidding on that. It's okay to disagree and to not like uh, what we write at JoeBucksFan.com. But sometimes it is, uh, it's interesting to hear what, what fires people up. 
And uh, yesterday, I don't know if anybody's really dove into it uh, or what the level of interest is, but you know, Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk dot com over the weekend in a two or three different stories explained that the Glazers lost, you know, aka the Buccaneers lost their uh, BP oil claim that they had, uh, you know, for nineteen million dollars. You know that the oil spill and the economic impact that was the effect on the Bucks and and they wanted their money from the uh, huge class action deal and they didn't get it and the appeals court you know published its ruling et cetera et cetera. Well, Florio goes out and basically says in a handful of different ways that the Glazers uh, used shady accounting in their. Uh, suit or in their claim to justify their claim and that the ruling from the appeals court sort of uh, validated that by explaining uh you know with uh, without uh calling it uh disparaging uh practices they came out and said through the appeals court ruling that uh, that it was uh you know sort of shady accounting and he documented this, and he came after uh, the Bucks a couple of different ways. Florio did, uh, quote, essentially trying to pull a fast one, he said, and other things, and really just blasted um, the uh, ethics of the team. Now, of course, Florio's got millions of readers, a giant forum, radio show, TV show, all on the national scale, and the Bucks had no comment. And I think that kind of sucks. Because, you know, this is a, a major national slap at the integrity of the franchise and they've got nothing to say. And it's not like it's just some talking head, right? Years ago, and I wrote this up, years ago, Dan Cilio accused the or said the Bucks lost a bunch of money. Glazers lost a ton of money in the Madoff scandal and they may have to uh, uh, sell the team. And the team lashed out. Well, you know, but here they're quiet. So it's um, it was a little bit upsetting to me in the sense that uh, this is probably something that the the Bucks and the Glazers don't really care about addressing to uh, to sort of clear their name. And I, I hate to see any kind of stain on this franchise outside of all the other stains that we deal with, with the losing and whatnot. So anyway, I thought that that uh, that was kind of weak. But, you know, there's still hope. Maybe they'll appeal again if they're, if that's possible, and uh, maybe they'll actually win their claim. Uh, maybe they'll make a comment later, but hopefully this isn't the end of that uh, because it would be nice to hear the Bucks uh, clear their name, especially with the Lightning having put in a claim to uh, BP for a lot less money and all that. So it's, it's worth monitoring. A little bit curious of how the Glazers really do business. All right, now want to remind you of a few things uh, we've got our podcast family here at JoeBucksFan.com, Bobby Fenton, Todd Wright, Ira Kaufman podcast, and uh, we're actually working on uh, uh, thinking about how we might approach podcasts going forward to make some changes for the new year. The Scuttlebucks, Scuttlebucks are coming back, the Scuttlebucks, so that's very exciting, and that'll be in the fall for those of you who remember that podcast. If you don't, uh, you know, you're going to find out about it pretty soon. Bill Curry Ford, not much else to say there. BillCurryFord.com. Head to their website, start shopping, transparent pricing. General manager Sean Sullivan loves 
to give out discounts when he hears you're a Bucks fan or that you read JoeBucksFan.com. So I definitely recommend that over there. It's new management. It's a new Bill Curry Ford, even though they've been around for 60 years. You definitely want to uh, check them out. Still family owned and operated. All right, so it is back on the practice field, and we actually get, as media, another practice to watch this week, which is Friday. At least that's the current schedule, so a little bit more for next week's podcast. But on the practice field, I have just been very impressed at at Vita Vea, who just, you know, he looks like he put more work into his body. He looks active. Uh, He's not sucking wind through practice, and I'm just impressed. I was not, you know, the most impressed last year. Yes, he finished out well, but I, I don't know. He didn't play enough games, but I, I'm feeling really good about Vea and his prospects going forward here between the change in coaching and now the switch to Sue, which if nothing else is more to learn from through training camp. And he just looks good. And guys, most good rookies, right? If you pick the right guy, they're going to make that leap from year one to year two. And that's what made it so stunning that Vernon Hargraves gets benched in year two. I mean, think about that. Think about that long and hard. A guy, same coaching staff, son of a coach, all the talent in the world. Rondé Barber had said he's uh, on the lexicon of Bucks cornerbacks. He's like the third most talented. I forget that quote, but Rondé Barber said that. And he fell off so far in year two. Benched from his starting outside corner job. And so think about that. But you know what? On the flip side, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, rookies who have it, they make that set that leap in year two. And if they is that guy, that's going to help an awful lot in uh, in a lot of different ways. As, is it going to make the pass rush what it needs to be? Is it going to be enough? No. But, uh, you know, I never was in the mindset that the Bucks were going to win the Super Bowl this year. But if can be that key cornerstone piece, you know, how exciting will uh, will that be? I, You know, I'm uh, optimistic about a lot of guys individually. Collectively, I'm not sure. But, you know, look, some of these rookies that they're banking on, and it's a lot on the defensive side of the ball, some of them are probably going to be really good. You know, there's a lot of optimism around about Mike Edwards, four-year starter at Kentucky, and played a lot of different positions, seems to be a quick study. You know, the coaches say the safeties run this defense, well, maybe he's that guy. I don't know. I still don't understand for the life of me why they didn't go out and invest the money in Teran Matthew. And if you dig into Matthew's background, he has a family connection to Todd Bowles. In addition to his tight bond with Bruce Arians and he's young and the coaches say the safeties run the defense in the Bowles system and it just seems strange. Why didn't you just invest in the guy instead of trying to make somebody else the guy. And I don't know anybody who said that Matthew's play had fallen off. I mean, Bill O'Brien just gushed about how the guy walked into a locker room of uh, great defensive leaders and talent and kind of took over and thrived in Houston. And now he's moved on, but yeah, that's, that's in the past at this point, it's just seemed strange, strange uh, to me in a handful of ways uh, Ira Kaufman wrote about uh, the Bucks needing a new identity on the offensive line. I'm not sure they do. I, we always disagree with Ira on this. I'm not sure they do. They need to get Donovan Smith to stop loafing. And, you know, Ryan, 
you know, maybe the system wasn't the best for Marpet and Jensen, and I think Marpet kind of implied that. He was talking on WDAE and made specific references to better play calling and a better system. You know, I, I, that's, uh, that, that was a lot, I think, or very telling from a guy like Marpet who doesn't really say those kinds of things unless he means it. And I don't know. I just think they're going to get a little more out of these guys, but I don't think they, uh, they necessarily need, uh, need an overhaul there. I mean, you just can't put up all those, yard, all those yards and have a crappy offensive line. It's just not freaking possible. And it all depends what you're comparing it to. Would we have loved to see uh, upgrades at JoeBucksFan.com World Headquarters? Sure. Uh, can you address everything all at once? No. Should they have drafted a running back? Yes. Should they have at least si- or signed some more, another running back? But it's not over yet. So you can't go too crazy on anything yet because it's not over yet. And although, you know, and especially on the offensive line where usually and traditionally you can find capable pieces after late, uh, late in the um, August pre-cut season or when there are actually roster cuts. And it always you want to keep an eye on the teams that drafted offensive linemen. You always want to keep an eye on those teams and uh, to see what falls off the tree when the time comes. And, yeah, the Bucks probably need something off the tree. And Arians is going to know quickly once he sees these guys in pads. Until he sees Alex Kappa, you know, take on Sue in practice and uh, and Vea and stuff, he's not really going to know what he's got. And that's okay. That's okay for May 28th. All right. Hey, Bucks fans, we love you at JoeBucksFan.com. They love you at Bill Curry Ford. And uh, we continue our pledge to just tell it straight as we see it, whether you like it or not, whether we like it or not. And uh, doing what we do at JoeBucksFan.com 24-7. Monday Morning Joe podcast is back. May, that may be good. That may not be good. I don't know. It's probably better during the season. But, hey, I'm here for you. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next week.